It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. There is major consultation ongoing at the moment with regards to the primary school curriculum. I think it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that the curriculum is very, very busy and very, very full. Ask any teacher, ask any parent. So consultation with primary schools and special schools has now reopened and people can have their say about the draft primary curriculum framework through an online questionnaire. And there's written submissions and, and all of that. Let's talk about this for a while with Dr. Derek Grant, who's the director of the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment. Dr. Grant, good, good, good morning. Good morning, PJ. It's very nice to be able to talk to you this morning. And good to have you on the programme. Let's address that observation of mine, and I think observation of many, before we go any further. The curriculum is very, very busy anyway. So what does it need to change? Yeah. It is. And I, I think, PJ, you, you, you made a fundamental point. Our current curriculum, um, and many of your listeners this morning will be surprised to hear, it's actually 22 years old. So it actually goes back to the 1990s. It was published back in 1999, which was a very, very different time. And it provided a strong foundation for teaching and learning for its time. But one of the big challenges, and PJ, you've got straight to the point very quickly, it was curriculum overload. So that curriculum um, had 11 subjects in it. So we're actually proposing now in what we see as being the way forward, the directions for change for how children learn in primary school is moving away from 11 subjects in the first four years of primary school reducing that back to five broad curriculum areas mm -hmm. and trying to reduce the level of content, the level of specification that's in the curriculum. So really looking at what kind of a curriculum will support children's learning in the years ahead, because at the moment we do have a very content heavy curriculum and there are calls constantly coming simply for the curriculum to do more I mean, PJ, I could give you a couple of examples, social, personal and health education yeah. and physical education. There are calls for increased time for these areas, for new areas of learning to come into the curriculum around coding and computational thinking yeah. and about education, about religions and beliefs and ethics and modern foreign languages, would you believe? So all of this means it's really important that we just consider that children that are born this year in 2021 
and who begin primary school in September 2025-2026. They'll begin their working lives in the 2050s, retire in the 2080s. What kind of a curriculum will best serve their needs as Mm. we look ahead? Like One would think, Derek, that if there were too many areas covered in the curriculum, that nothing is covered properly. But what five areas would you like to break it down to? So, at the moment, again, and these are proposals, and you were right from the start, PJ, it's a public consultation, and we have proposals at the moment for the next curriculum. And one of them is that restructuring of the curriculum, moving away from 11 subjects in the first four years to five broad areas. And those five areas would be language, would be one, Mm -hmm. mathematics, science and technology education, another, well-being. And in that well-being space, that would be physical education, health education, social, personal and values education, arts education, social and environmental education, And of course, there would still be the religious, ethical, multi-belief education, the patrons programme that currently exists um, in our primary schools. The old-fashioned, and look, it's a term that many listeners may not have heard of, but you will certainly have heard of, the old three R's, reading, writing and arithmetic. You've got to teach every child that at primary level, don't you? You absolutely do. It's a really important foundation. I mean, that is the foundation for children's learning. But with that, PJ, we have to be careful that children also get a broad and a balanced curriculum experience. So it's really important that children have um, the opportunity to experience the arts, that children have the opportunity to experience social and environmental education, and that all of this is integrated. So Mm. while our current 99 curriculum is an integrated curriculum, we're really looking again at how we can meaningfully support our teachers to give them a meaningful Mm. um, curriculum that they can work with, that supports their professionalism, but also for children. And children are at the core of this. So if we see children as unique, capable and caring, and that's our vision for this redeveloped curriculum, well then, What exactly is needed in terms of the nature, the structure and the purpose of a curriculum? So absolutely, you're right. Language and mathematics are foundational, but we have to be careful that that they don't become the be all and end all for children's education. So, for example, we're looking at that broader. Hold on on a second. They're not the be all and end all. But but if we have a huge problem in this country, uh, Derek, with adult illiteracy and many adults walking around unable to read, write or spell, that surely points to a hole in primary education. Yeah, now, interestingly, we actually do very well. So on international assessments, Ireland actually comes out very, very well in terms of literacy and numeracy. So if we take, for example, our standing at the moment in Pearls, the international reading assessments, or on TIMS, the trends in international mathematics and science assessments. We're doing really, really well in this country. So it's building on yeah, those. But might I respectfully suggest, might I respectfully suggest, Derek, that those surveys and those assessments are made by people and involve people who already can read and can write. And I've spoken to so many people over the years 
the amount of illiteracy or semi-literacy in the society here in Cork actually shocks me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's really, really, do, 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 do you know what I mean? It's really important to hear that message, PJ, and it's really, really important that we take that on board. And I think, PJ, part of that comes back to this whole public consultation then, mm. that people come with their views, people, exactly as you said at the beginning, have their say. And that's why as part of the proposals that we have developed, which at the moment are just proposals for a redeveloped curriculum, we've worked very, very closely with schools on the ground to hear from schools to listen from schools we've gone out and we've listened to parents we've worked with children we've worked with teachers and school leaders and actually we have five cork schools that we're working with at the moment so cork is really well represented in terms of the network that we have of schools feeding into these proposals because you're right all these messages around what's important. So going back to your point there on the foundational nature of literacy and numeracy, that begs the question, what is the purpose of a primary education for tomorrow's children? And then what are the priorities and the structure and the components within the curriculum that can support this? So that's why I suppose, PJ, we really appreciate the opportunity this morning to speak to your listeners and ask them to give us their views, their ideas, their observations on what we're proposing for their children's future curriculum. Are there proposals in there that people might be a bit surprised at, Derek? Perhaps, perhaps. So, for example, we're looking, as I say, at um, increasing the time for physical education. We're also looking at a proposal around the introduction of a modern foreign language from third class onwards. So at the moment, children learn English and Irish in our primary schools. And now we're looking at how we can perhaps introduce a modern foreign language. We're also looking, PJ, at making the curriculum very, very inclusive so that it's for all children. It's for all schools so that it spans our primary schools and our special schools. Also, PJ, we have proposals in the draft framework around changing the time allocations. So how is time allocated across the week, across the month, across the term? And we're looking at giving schools greater flexibility in how they decide time is used. So we, we would actually have weekly allocations for language and maths. I, again, going back to your earlier point around the importance of these areas. And we would also have a weekly allocation for well-being. Mm -hmm. But for other areas of the curriculum, we'd move away to monthly allocations okay. rather than weekly allocations. And also we would give schools flexible time. So there'd be a time in every month where schools can decide what's their priority, how okay. can they best use this time in responding to their own local needs our local identified yeah. priorities. Our primary schools. school pupils at the moment, of course, Derek, as you'll know too, are digital natives, uh, tech, coding. All, all, any, is there a place in the curriculum for those kind of skills? There absolutely is, um, and I'm delighted you brought that up. So one of the proposals is around the introduction of a curriculum area around mathematics, science and technology education. STEM. So technology yeah. would, yeah, exactly, STEM would become a curriculum area. But we're also looking at 
what are the capabilities children really need as part of their childhood, but I suppose also as part of their future as learners, as adolescents moving into adulthood. We're looking at introducing what we call seven key competencies. These key competencies, PJ, would span from junior infants to sixth class. They would be embedded across all the curriculum areas, and one of them is actually being a digital learner. And that idea of being a digital learner, we see as being really, really important for children, how they communicate and collaborate with others through technology, how they access, analyse and manage content using technology. Mm. And very importantly, how they interact ethically and responsibly with digital technology. So that's one of our proposals at the moment, that being a digital learner would be embedded across the child's experiences mm. through the primary curriculum. There's a lot of talk for uh, recently politi- in political circles about taking religion and spirituality and all that out of the school and that religion and faith will be taught at home and replaced in school by things like meditation, inclusiveness, diversity. Do you see a place for that happening? I suppose, PJ, that's a really, really important question. And just to say to you, I suppose the draft framework, it sets out the directions for curriculum change that are intended for all schools under all patronage and that have the capacity to take account of the particular needs and interests of children, their parents and the wider school community and importantly the characteristic spirit of the school. So very importantly under the 1998 Education Act the rights of patrons would still be absolutely recognised within this curriculum and again we wouldn't see any change in that coming forward Mm. in the proposals that we're setting out for a redeveloped curriculum. So again there would be absolute respect for a school's individual characteristic spirit. Seeing as Asia is one of the technological hotbeds of the world, would be any space in there for a little basic in terms of Asian languages, Chinese, Japanese, Korean? Yeah, that's 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 again a really interesting point, PJ. And what we what we're suggesting at the moment is that proposal of a modern foreign language. And again, we'd have to tease it out further. We'd have to work with schools carefully and prepare guidance through what would become the curriculum documents in the new curriculum, which would set out for schools how they could go about introducing and in, and enacting a foreign language if it does become part of the redeveloped curriculum. Again, it's in there at the moment as a proposal, but there would be flexibility for schools, very much so around what that foreign language might be, given a school's particular context, given its demographic of pupil, of parent, of the wider community. And Mm. again, what teachers are comfortable teaching or what kind of supports there would be to work with schools in terms of, of, of that particular modern foreign language. But absolutely, there would be a real openness on our part to looking at what languages could potentially be as part of the primary curriculum. Lastly, we've talked so much in the course of the pandemic about mental health resilience, uh, robustness and empathy for others. 
Those are skills too. You're not born with them. You need to start learning them. So where would that fit into the curriculum? Yeah. And again, that's very much part of the dispositions. And again, we have fostering well-being. So we see well-being as being a really important competency, a really important capability for children. So how they appreciate and demonstrate well-being. So I suppose children can be as, as physically, socially, emotionally and spiritually as spiritually healthy as they can be. So we we're proposing at the moment that well-being would be across the curriculum for children, as well as being a curriculum area. Again, I would reference those five curriculum areas earlier. One of them is well-being. Within well-being, we're talking about the introduction of of what we call a physical and health education, increasing the time for physical education in schools, as well as that giving time for the development and understanding of um, social, personal and values education. So well-being is really, really important and it's very much to the fore, PJ, in, in terms of the proposals that are set out in the draft primary curriculum okay. framework. Lastly and briefly, Derek, it would be remiss of me not to ask, given the content of most of my first hour this morning, as regards children in schools with additional needs, can a curriculum be tweaked or or even drawn up with with consideration of those children in mind? Absolutely. I I, I mean, we, we, we're beginning from the premise that the curriculum should be inclusive, it should be equitable, and that it should be for all children. So it's for every child and that's where we're beginning from rather than maybe needing additional add-ons or additional um, guidelines we're saying from the get-go this curriculum has to be something that can be enacted and translated in all settings, PJ. And again that's a really really important point and we are working with special schools and primary schools to ensure that the curriculum is for all children Mm. and that it supports all teachers in all settings. Another suggestion coming in, and I know that my daughter in her primary school time uh, learned some sign language from a young friend of hers who, who was deaf, and what a magnificent skill it would be for all children to have some kind of sign language. But again, it comes under the additional languages. Derek, if people wanted to see more about your curriculum proposals, where can they go? Um, absolutely, PJ. So we'd be asking people to go on www ncca.ie that's the website of the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment on that homepage they'll see a tab have your say and we would urge your listeners this morning to go in there click on the have your say tab there they'll, they'll find questionnaires questionnaires for people working in education as well as questionnaires for the public we'd also love people to make a written submission to us and again there is a written submission template in that have your say section on our website we're also at the moment we're running online consultation events and people can register their interest to attend one of those events. So really, PJ, the consultation is open until the end of February 2022. And between now and then, we'd be urging people to get in touch with us, have your say, and we really look forward to hearing and engaging with people through www.ncca.ie. All right, good to speak with you on the opinion line this Monday morning. That's Dr. Derek Grant. He's the Director of the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment opportunity to have your say, literally have your say, ncca.ie and click on have your say. 
Quartz 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.